Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Greek myths and traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Icarus raced down the halls of King Minos's palace. The young man's face was streaked with dirt and his heart pounded with fear. But he pushed forward to King Minos's throne room to report the horrors he'd seen in the woods. King Minos, I found my father and Queen Pasiphae in the woods. And what was Daedalus doing with my wife? The, there was blood everywhere and the queen had just given birth. What? Pasiphae has the best midwives in Crete at her disposal. No child of mine would ever be born in the dirt. It wasn't your child. I don't know what it was, but it had the head of a bull. A bull? I've been cuckolded by a bull? No, this monster is undoubtedly one of your father's twisted experiments. I did what you wanted. I spied on my father. Now make good on your promise. Tell me why my father is the way he is and why he fled Athens, please. Minos was furious that his wife and his court inventor had gone behind his back to breed a monster. He would deal with Pasiphae personally, but to make Daedalus suffer, Minos would use his son against him. The truth young Icarus sought was this. Daedalus had killed his brilliant nephew and apprentice Perdix in a fit of jealousy. He was banished from Athens and fled to Crete, where he started over in Minos's court. After Icarus was born, he swore to never involve his son in any of his work as a creator. It was the only way Daedalus thought he'd be able to raise a son without seeing him as competition. But over the years, the decision had created a rift between the father and son, a rift that Minos was now all too eager to exploit. He motioned for the young man to come closer so Icarus could hear Minos's version of the truth. Icarus, your father was once the most celebrated inventor in all of Athens, and by his side was a young man, his nephew. I believe his name was Perdix. That's odd. I've never heard of him. Perdix died helping Daedalus with an invention. He was like a son to him. When he perished, Daedalus was so devastated that he fled Athens and vowed that he'd never be a father. After all, who could compare to poor Perdix? But he did have me. He must have wanted a son. You're only alive because your dear mother, Nocrate, begged for a child. Though, of course, your birth led to her death. Your father never wanted you, Icarus. Especially once he realized you hadn't inherited his intellect. If he doesn't want me, then I have no one. That's simply untrue, dear boy. You have me.
Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we conclude the tragic tale of the great inventor Daedalus and his son, Icarus. Last week, we followed Daedalus as he fled Athens after killing his nephew and started over in Crete as an inventor for King Minos. This week, we'll learn how an older Daedalus loses his son Icarus's trust and fights to regain it. Coming up, we'll explore Icarus's torn loyalties. In this ad for the Mobile One brand, I have 30 seconds to remind you about your first time driving. Remember the feeling, the freedom, how the world felt bigger and smaller at the same time? Because you were in the driver's seat. The truth is driving never changed. You did. You got a job, a phone, and then a phone that was also a computer with emails that could find you anywhere, and then you were trapped. But here's the good news. It's never too late to break free. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us slash radio to learn more. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Daedalus and Queen Pasiphae hurried back to the palace. In Daedalus's hands was a sack. Inside, Pasiphae's bull child thrashed and grunted. They knew they had to hide it before anyone found out. But hiding the bull wasn't their only worry. I swear I saw Icarus through the clearing. He was watching us. My queen, Icarus is at the royal foot race. The race ended hours ago. I'm sure the boy felt abandoned and came looking. I did not abandon him. I was helping you manage this, this child. Please, even if I weren't giving birth, you'd find some excuse to stay in your workshop and ignore Icarus's accomplishments. Do not turn this around on me just because you're ashamed of your parenting missteps. You got yourself into that mess with the bull and you're not going to get out of it by calling me a bad father. Daedalus and Pasiphae realized that Icarus stood in their way. Daedalus hid the squirming sack behind his back and tried to act like nothing was wrong. Icarus, you gave me a fright. What's wrong, boy? Icarus stared back, his eyes wide and his jaw tense. On a good day, Daedalus had trouble decoding his son's moods. Tonight, the boy was positively inscrutable. Icarus, darling, tell us what worries you. I I'm sure we can fix it here and now. It can be our secret. Nobody has to know. Icarus, answer your queen. If you got something to say, then say it. Icarus looked pained as he finally spoke. They're over here, and they have the bull! 
A dozen of King Minos's fiercest warriors ran into the clearing and surrounded Daedalus and Pasiphae. The pair watched in horror as Icarus barked orders. The creature is in the bag my father holds. Bring it to the king, at once. Icarus, no! A guard tried to rip the bloody sack from Daedalus's hand. Icarus watched his father struggle to keep the monster and wondered if Daedalus would ever fight like that for him. The guard pulled the sack away and rushed into the palace. The rest of the guards closed in around Daedalus and Pasiphae, ready to lead them to Minos. <laughs> Icarus, how could you do this? But Icarus just turned away and walked into the woods. He didn't want his father to see the tears streaming from his eyes. Minos's guards dragged Daedalus to the dungeons below the palace. He was taken to a filthy, insect-ridden cell where King Minos was waiting. At the king's feet was the sack that Daedalus held earlier, and from the way the bag was squirming, Daedalus knew the bull child was still inside. Good evening, Daedalus. Betray anyone's trust lately. What did you do to Icarus? Nothing as bad as what you've done. The boy was terrorized after seeing you cradle this bull baby. He was lucky I was there to comfort him. All you did was turn him against me! And you turned my wife against me! Now tell me, what is this aberration you've conjured in her womb? The result of your folly! Remember the sacred bull gifted to you by Poseidon? Never mind the creature's origins. Kill it. No, I won't take an innocent life. Now let me see Icarus. I can't lose him. He is already lost. But prove your loyalty by killing the bull, and I might let you see him again. <laughs> if only to watch him reject you. I'll do as you ask. Minos pulled a sharp dagger from his robe and held it out. Though it pained him to take an innocent life, Daedalus took the blade and opened up the sack. I'm sorry, little one. Daedalus plunged the blade down into the bag. But the blade crumpled against the bull child's flesh. The creature was impervious to harm. Daedalus looked up with horror at Minos, who sneered in suspicion. The child appears to be invincible. I don't believe you. This is just another clever trick. Minos grabbed the dagger from Daedalus's hands and walked to the entrance. Perhaps I'll slay your son as punishment. Wait, my king, it is no trick! Spare Icarus and I swear, I'll find a way to curtail this beast. He may be mighty, but he is small. For now, but if it's this resilient as a child, I shudder to think of how unstoppable it will be when it grows. It could rampage through the palace and kill us all. What could possibly contain such a ferocious creature? A cage. No, it will only crumple the bars and escape. Not a cage for his body, Minos. 
The creature is strong, but I suspect he won't be too bright. I will build a cage for his mind. And what kind of cage is that? A labyrinth. Coming up, Daedalus is trapped in a prison of his own design. Listeners, here's a new show I can't wait for you to check out. When it comes to love, every story is unique. Some play out like fairy tales, seemingly meant to be. Others defy the odds to achieve happily ever after. In Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast, you'll discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Every Tuesday, Our Love Story celebrates the ups, downs, and pivotal moments that turn complete strangers into perfect pairs. Each episode offers an intimate glimpse inside a real-life romance, with couples recounting the highlights and hardships that define their love. Whether it's a chance encounter, a former friendship, or even a former enemy, our love story proves that love can begin and blossom in the most unexpected ways. Follow Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Now back to the story. King Minos's palace was the tallest building in all of Crete. But a few months after the debacle with the bull child, a new structure threatened to dwarf it. The Labyrinth, a man-made dome the size of a hill just behind the palace. Its exterior was smooth with no apparent entrance. The inside, however, featured multiple levels of tunnels, chambers, and traps. Daedalus built it with dizzying complexity to confound and contain the bull child known as the Minotaur. And Daedalus was trapped inside with it. He spent his days keeping the beast fed on hawk and pigeon carcasses. In his precious spare time, he rested in a tower that jutted out from the dome, where he looked out a window and dreamt of freedom. One morning, Daedalus saw Minos approach. On his left was his wife, Pasiphae. She looked well, if you ignored the leash around her ankle that Minos gripped tightly. On his right was Icarus. Daedalus was dismayed to see his son dressed in royal robes, just another one of Minos's royal pets. Minos walked along the perimeter, admiring the jeweled murals that adorned the dome's base. Each one depicted King Minos in all his glory. Excellent work. Your father may be a traitor, Icarus, but he's also an artist. Perhaps, but I don't understand. Where is the entrance? There are several hidden ones known only to Daedalus and myself. Though I suppose the Labyrinth's future guests will get a glimpse of them too. Guests? 
Well, prisoners, you see, I've gotten a little bored with beheadings, but soon the Minotaur will be grown, and anyone who betrays Crete will be tossed into the labyrinth and gobbled up. Minos, please, that's horrifying. Quiet, Pasiphae. I'm keeping your bastard bull of a son fed, aren't I? Thank you, my king. So cheer up, Icarus. With any luck, the Minotaur will eat your father first. Minos laughed and pulled on Pasiphae's leash, dragging her away. But Icarus stayed back, troubled by Minos's words. He stared at the murals that decorated the base of the dome and stopped when he saw one that didn't match the others. This one didn't feature Minos. It depicted a young man running several steps ahead of a crowd. He wore winged sandals and his hands were raised in victory. It was Icarus winning a foot race, the race Daedalus had missed many months ago. It felt like an apology, but Icarus wasn't ready to accept it. Late that night, Icarus sat on a bench in the palace courtyard and looked up at the stars. He was unsettled by the day's events. He cursed himself for feeling sympathy, but try as he might, he couldn't stop thinking about his captive father. Icarus, dear, are you all right? Icarus turned to see Queen Pasiphae. She crept over, taking careful steps as if she were afraid to be caught. The queen sat beside Icarus and squeezed his hand. I know today wasn't easy for you, hearing Minos talk about your father like that. I feel fine. I bet he likes caring for that demonic bull more than he ever cared about rearing me. He always preferred his experiments. Icarus, you're far too old to be throwing these tantrums. The Minotaur is not the result of Daedalus's curiosity. Not originally. What do you mean? Minos told me Daedalus was trying to breed humans and beasts- My husband is a liar. Daedalus may have helped birth the Minotaur, but the beast is Minos's fault. What do you know of gods and their curses? Not much. Pray it stays that way, dear. A few years ago, Poseidon gifted Minos with a majestic bull to sacrifice. But Minos thought the bull was too beautiful to slay. So he deceived the god of the sea. How? He painted another bull to match the special one and killed it instead. Poseidon found out. Gods always find out. And cursed me as revenge. I became besotted with that bull. I was convinced that I had to lay with it. Uh, are you certain you want to tell me this? I've held on to it for too long. I told your father that unless he helped me, I would throw myself off a cliff. He had no choice. So he built a wooden cow for me to climb into. We rolled it out near the bull, and I positioned myself. Stop! I've heard enough. I can imagine the rest. Vividly. <laughs> I'm sorry. What I meant to say is, Minus's deception gave rise to this whole situation. Your father is merely a victim, as am I. And you are, too. Well, he's still a bad father. Minos told me about his past and Perdix. How can you be so sure that what Minos told you is the truth? Then what is? 
That's for your father to tell you. Go to the labyrinth. Find him and mend your bond before it's too late. For your poor mother's sake. It's impossible to get into. I'm not as intelligent as Daedalus. You were blessed with different skills, but you are still your father's son. Now go, so that my pain won't have been in vain. Pasiphae lifted her robe to show her ankle. Her flesh was raw and bloody. It was clear that she had ripped herself free of Minos's leash to come find him. Icarus nodded and crept off. Pasiphae sat for a moment and basked in a rare moment of solitude. She smiled to herself while she waited for the guards to find her and take her back to her husband. Icarus crept along the edge of his father's labyrinth. His patience was frayed, as he'd been searching for an entry for almost an hour. But there were no cracks along the mural-covered walls, no secret hinges or cunningly hidden levers. Of course, Icarus feared he may have just been too dense to see them. As he rounded the hill again, he stopped to rest against a mural. It happened to be the one of himself. Icarus wondered if it was a sign. Maybe his father had hidden an entrance only he would be able to find. He pressed up against his own image, which felt strange. He pushed at the gems that made up the mural to no avail. He looked down at the winged sandals on mural Icarus's feet. One of the wings stuck out a little from the wall. Icarus touched it and it seemed to click back into place. Icarus hoped this was the key, but nothing happened. The young man sighed and prepared to abandon his mission, but he only took two steps away when the ground shifted. A large trapdoor opened beneath his feet and Icarus plummeted into a dark hole. Hello? Father? Icarus had fallen into the labyrinth's underground halls. Now he wandered, holding a torch he'd grabbed from a wall. The joy he had at finding an entrance was eclipsed by frustration and fear. The light was dim, but he could still see the bird carcasses lining the floors, a foul mix of blood, bone, and feathers. Icarus heard shallow breaths. He held his torch out for light and protection. Whatever creature was there, he was in no mood to wait for it to find him. He sped through the hall, which began to curve. He thought he might be reaching the center of the labyrinth, but he wasn't sure. The winding hall suddenly led him to a circular chamber. And when Icarus held his torch out... The Minotaur roared into view, his beastly visage terrifying in the harsh firelight. The creature had grown, and his lithe, muscular body resembled Icarus's form. It only made his bull's head that much more terrifying. Icarus dove to the side, but the Minotaur blocked the entrance to his chamber. Icarus ran further into the room, but he tripped over something and fell. 
his torch clattered away to illuminate a post in the center of the room. Attached to it was the object Icarus had tripped on, a chain extending from the post to wrap around the minotaur's neck. This meant the beast could not escape. But lucky for the beast, his prey was smack in the center of his prison. <laughs> the minotaur lunged at Icarus, but the young man was stunned when the terrifying creature just licked his face with affection. <laughs> he likes you. Icarus grabbed his torch and held it up to see Daedalus, a wry smile on his haggard face. Icarus scrambled away from the beast, wiping spittle off his cheek. Daedalus walked over to toss a pigeon at the Minotaur, who gobbled it up eagerly. Icarus tried to control his anger as he watched his father pet the beast's head. It was like watching a twisted family portrait come to life. I thought he was a killer. He will be if Minos keeps him trapped here long enough. You're lucky. You'd probably rip your throat out if we didn't happen to have similar scents. <sighs> you smell rank. And I bathed just last week. Uh, I mean because we are related, Icarus. He senses our bond. Strange. The only relative I'm told you ever bonded with was Perdix. What has Mino said? I'm certain that he's twisted the facts. Then untwist them for me. I'm willing to hear your side of the story. Daedalus and Icarus climbed the stairs to Daedalus's lair at the top of the tower. The small room was cluttered with parchment and quills. A lone torch burned, and a pile of filthy sheepskins was the only comfort there. Father and son sat for the most intimate talk they'd ever had. Icarus told Minos's tale, how Daedalus lost his beloved nephew Perdix, which made him never want to be a father figure to anyone again. And Daedalus told the truth, how he was envious at Perdix's skills, how he tossed him off a cliff before the boy's reputation outshone his own, and how he swore to never recreate the situation with Icarus. You killed Perdix? Because you were jealous of him? I did. My hubris was my downfall. How is that supposed to make me feel better? I never said it would, Icarus. But I hope you understand that by distancing myself from you, I was keeping you safe from my darker impulses. That's nonsense. You have to believe it. I believe you believe it, Father. And maybe if Mother were still alive, you could afford to lock yourself in your workshop and ignore me, but she's dead. I grew up feeling like an orphan, an idiot orphan. I may not have your smarts, but I think your plan was stupid. I never want to see you again. <sighs> then go back to the palace. I'll stay here. I deserve this. <sighs> but I also don't want to see you suffer. It's the strangest thing, this lingering affection I feel. I can't explain it. Well, I've been working on a notion that love is really a primal survival instinct. Shut up, Father. I do not care. We could sneak out now, under cover of night, go to the port and steal a skiff. 
Where would we sail? I'm staying here, but you could start over someplace. You're good at doing that. I won't go without you. This isn't a negotiation. This is me saving your hide. Now do as I say. Lead the way. Icarus led Daedalus down the twisting halls of the labyrinth. The young man remembered the way back to the exit on his own. Daedalus was impressed and regretful. Here was a mind that should have been trained from a young age. He swore that if they made it out, he would help his son hone his skills. They reached the opening that Icarus fell into. Daedalus looked up and noted with dismay that the hole hadn't closed shut behind Icarus like he'd designed it to. Stupid old man, he thought to himself. What if someone saw it open? But the only way out was up, so Daedalus and his son climbed out together. When they emerged, Daedalus realized someone had noticed, because King Minos and his guards barred their way. King Minos, let us pass. I only mean to send my father away. Then I'll happily return to serve at your side for the rest of my days. No, you've made your traitorous choice. You are your father's son after all. I wasn't trying to betray anyone. Don't lie to me, you simpleton. <laughs> if it's a reunion with your father you want, let's make it a permanent one. Minos's guards clubbed them over the head with their spears. Then Minos cackled as he kicked both men into the dark hole they had just climbed out of and sealed it shut with a boulder. Up next, father and son take flight. In this ad for the Mobile One brand, I have 30 seconds to remind you about your first time driving. Remember the feeling, the freedom, how the world felt bigger and smaller at the same time? Because you were in the driver's seat. The truth is driving never changed. You did. You got a job, a phone, and then a phone that was also a computer with emails that could find you anywhere, and then you were trapped. But here's the good news. It's never too late to break free. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us slash radio to learn more. Now back to the story. Icarus and Daedalus had been trapped in the labyrinth for weeks after King Minos sealed one entrance and had his guards watch the others. Father and son had trouble adjusting to captivity together, especially when they had to work alongside each other to feed and care for the Minotaur. But Icarus's ire toward his father softened. Without his books, his tools, and his power, Daedalus was just a middle-aged man with bad eyesight and an amusingly thorny attitude. Daedalus came to enjoy it too. It was the longest he'd spent in close quarters with his son, and he felt like he was making up for lost time. Sadly, that time was running short. The Minotaur was eight feet tall now, and the guards delivered fewer and fewer bird carcasses for him to eat. Daedalus knew King Minos's intent, and it wasn't good news for him or his son. If we don't get more food for the Minotaur, 
He's going to start looking at us as his next meal. And with how strong he's becoming, that chain won't hold him much longer. All we've got left for him today is that one pigeon carcass. Here. You take one half of it and I'll take the other. Maybe we can trick the poor beast into thinking we've got two birds for him. Here, boy! I'm too young to be Minotaur meat. We have to break out of here. Agreed. But even if we escape the labyrinth and Crete, where would we go? Uh, Athens? I would like to see it someday. Most Athenians would probably want to see me devoured after Perdix. Maybe they've moved on from Perdix, unlike you. Just redeem yourself by, I don't know, building them even greater inventions than what you made for Minos? And if they still want you dead, they'll have to go through me. Icarus crossed to the Minotaur as Daedalus took in his son's words. He smiled, watching the boy dangle the other half of the pigeon above the Minotaur's head. You defend my life? Only if absolutely necessary, of course. Icarus looked away, embarrassed, and took too long to feed the pigeon to the ravenous chained beast, so the Minotaur bit down on Icarus's arm instead. Ah! Father! Daedalus grabbed a lit torch from the wall and rammed the Minotaur in the head with all his might. Then he pulled a bleeding Icarus to the chamber's entrance. It's all right, it's a shallow cut. Oh, but I hope Athens is ready for us because we must leave now. I fear the Minotaur will make us pay for that. Daedalus scrambled out, but Icarus stayed for a second. He wanted to savor the moment when Daedalus proved to him that his life meant more than a Minotaur's. A little while later, father and son paced the halls and plotted their escape. We could storm the exit. Minos may have guards there, but I could take them. No, I'm not putting you at risk. There's always the sea, but after our first attempt, Minos has likely locked down the docks. Then we're done for. What are we going to do, fly away? Father? Icarus wasn't sure he liked the manic grin on his father's face, or the fact that Daedalus had picked up an old pigeon carcass and was playing with its wings. Scour the labyrinth. Grab as many bird carcasses as you can find. Hawks are better, but pigeons will do if there's a lot of them. Need anything else? Candles! Uh, then, meet me in the tower when you've got everything. He ran off, clutching the pigeon and grinning like a fool. Icarus wasn't sure what he was up to, but he had to trust his father. Otherwise, they'd be minotaur meat. Decades earlier, Daedalus had tried to craft wings with Perdix. That model hadn't worked, but he hoped it would now with a new apprentice. Thanks to Icarus's scrounging, Daedalus had the tools he needed, but making one pair would take hours, and they needed two. He had no choice but to instruct Icarus to make his own wings. 
First, they built frames out of dead bird's bones. Then they used candle wax to glue together feathers and sew them to the frames using fabric from their robes. They worked late into the night, and Icarus fell asleep before he was finished. Daedalus wanted to wake him, but his wounded son seemed so exhausted. He was dismayed to see that Icarus had crafted his wings in a rather shoddy way. It wasn't the boy's fault, he'd just never been taught how to build. Daedalus finished making his son's wings and tried to improve them. He vowed that when they flew away, he would use Icarus's inferior wings and the boy would use his father's expertly crafted ones. It was the least he could do for his son. Father, wake up! The Minotaur has broken loose! At dawn, Daedalus awoke with a start. Icarus stood above him, wings half-strapped on. Beyond the door were the sounds of the Minotaur on a rampage. Daedalus scrambled to his feet. His panic doubled when he realized Icarus was wearing the inferior wings. He wanted to tell him to take them off, but the young man had just secured the straps. There was no time, so Daedalus strapped on the better wings and warned his son. Icarus, it's very important that you remember. If this works, don't fly too close to the water or the waves will soak your wings and weigh them down. Oh, don't fly too close to the sun either, or the heat will melt the wax and they'll fall apart. Yes, father, now we have to go. Icarus rolled his eyes. He practically felt like he was the parent as he pulled the other wings on his father. The men climbed onto the window ledge and looked out over Crete. Both were terrified, but they put on a brave face for each other. Daedalus put a hand on Icarus's back and couldn't help but reflect on the past. Decades ago, he pushed Perdix off a cliff and watched his nephew fall. Now, he pushed Icarus off a ledge and watched his son fly. In their bedchamber, King Minos and Queen Pasiphae looked out the window in time to see the two winged men soar from the labyrinth's tower. For the first time in his life, King Minos was speechless. He turned to his wife, who was tied to the bed, and was stunned to see her smile. The sight of Icarus and Daedalus escaping somehow made Pasiphae feel free, too. Daedalus and Icarus flew past the docks over sailboats that Daedalus had invented. They whooped with joy as Crete receded into the past. Though the sun shone hot and the wind whipped their eyes, both men were elated. Icarus swooped low to run his hand through the wild Aegean Sea's waves. Careful! Remember, not too low and not too high! Icarus flew higher, and to his father's relief, his shoddier wings held steady. Then the young man twirled in the sky and did a flip. Daedalus felt his chest flutter and his face grow warm. He worried that it was his old jealousy rearing its ugly head. But jealousy didn't usually feel so good. 
That's when Daedalus realized that he wasn't envious of Icarus, he was proud of him. And for the first time, this distant father was eager to play with his son. <laughs> nice work! But let the master show you how it's done. Daedalus did two twirling flips. He wasn't as steady as Icarus, and the move sent a twinge through his aching, aging shoulders. But he still felt like a god. Oh, the wind helped you there. Watch how a real bird flies, old man. Icarus caught a gust of wind that carried him up through the clouds. Daedalus felt his pride soar as he tried to catch up. Daring Icarus truly was his greatest creation. Daedalus popped up through the clouds. He felt sweat bloom on his forehead. It was hotter and brighter up here. And where was Icarus? He looked up to see Icarus's shadow flying through a layer of clouds above him. Daedalus tried to go higher, but maintaining his current altitude was hard enough. It got even harder when he saw the first feather flutter down, then the second, then several more. Icarus, fly lower! The sun is too hot! But the view is even better up here! Your wings are falling apart! You've lost three feathers! Good thing I've got hundreds more! Icarus, you aren't invincible! Maybe not, but I certainly feel invincible! Then Icarus's voice was lost in the wind. Icarus? Icarus! Daedalus scanned the skies as more feathers fell. Finally, he heard Icarus's voice. Father? The sun! The wax is melting! Icarus, where are you? Fly towards my voice! But the only response Daedalus got was more feathers falling, clouding his vision, flying into his mouth and filling it with the taste of death. Icarus careened down through the clouds, flying lower and lower as feathers melted off his wings. He looked terrified as he dipped below Daedalus, and his father knew it was only a matter of time before the boy would drop like a stone. Daedalus barreled down and grabbed Icarus's arm to carry him, but the sweat-slick boy was heavy. He knew they wouldn't last long, especially with Daedalus only able to flap one wing. But up ahead, he saw a small island. If they could reach it, they would survive. You were right. I should have never... Just hold on. You see that island up ahead? I'm going to carry you there and we're going to land and be safe, you hear? Father, I... I can't hold on. Daedalus felt Icarus slip. The boy's hand was drenched in sweat and sliding further down out of his grasp. Father and son locked eyes. Icarus opened his mouth to apologize, 
exactly at the moment that Daedalus moved to do the same. As such, both hesitated and neither spoke. So father and son had a wordless goodbye as Icarus slipped from Daedalus's grip. Daedalus flew lower, hoping against hope. Icarus was young and strong, stronger than Daedalus. Maybe he'd fallen into the sea and was swimming. But when Daedalus dipped below the last cloud, he saw that all hope was lost. His furious flapping had brought them closer to the island, so close that his son's body was dashed on its rocky shore. Daedalus fell to the beach exhausted. He rushed to his son's side and tried not to look at the way the young man's limbs were unnaturally askew. Icarus, please. Icarus. But Icarus was quiet. Daedalus was too, though his mouth was open in a silent scream of agony. He stayed by Icarus's side for hours and thought of all the ways he'd failed his son. Then a partridge landed by Daedalus's side, a leaf in its mouth. The bird laid the leaf over Icarus's mouth, then looked up at Daedalus, like it was his turn. Daedalus wasn't sure if the bird was Perdix, or a sign from the gods, or just the fever dream of a grieving father. But now he was sure of what he had to do next. Daedalus had to create. It would not be his most ingenious creation, but it would be his most meaningful. Daedalus kissed Icarus on the cheek, then limped off to the island's forest to gather leaves and branches so he could build a grave for his fallen son. The tale of Daedalus and Icarus is a miracle and a tragedy, as both are caught in a cycle of creation and destruction. This father-son story shows us the power of human creativity, especially when it comes to overcoming impossible odds. However, it also reveals the cost of this inventiveness. Defying natural law and taking flight requires boldness, confidence, and a dose of hubris, too. When scholars discuss the myth, Icarus is usually the one who's blamed for his own tragic outcome because he ignores Daedalus's orders. But upon closer inspection, it's clear that whatever hubris Icarus had was inherited from his father, who killed his own nephew out of pride and jealousy. There's no doubt that Daedalus's mind is one to be revered, even if it only exists in mythology. The man gifted the world with fine art, fierce weapons, the power of sailing, and the very first dance floor. But the tragedy of Daedalus is that although he changed the world with his inventions, he couldn't save his son from the same flaw that plagued him his whole life. Today, humans really do fly between cities, across continents, and even to the moon. But our inventions and our hearts still have limits and flaws. 
We are incredible, but not invincible. And for that reason, we'll always have the tale of Daedalus and Icarus to remind us what happens when we dare to fly too close to the sun. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic tale. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Mythology was written by Amin Osman, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tom Bauer, Eddie Lee, Laura Faye Smith, and KG Tang. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Don't forget to check out Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Listen to Our Love Story, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.